Italian-born harp virtuoso Edmar Castaneda has forged his own path in music by bringing the harp into an unexpected genre, jazz. Castaneda's style mixes jazz with the South American folk style Jorobo and other Latin American styles. He has four acclaimed albums as a leader and several others in collaboration with artists like trombonist Marshall Gilkes and pianist Hiromi. He has performed with Sting, Wynton Marcellus, Paco de Lucia, and many other acclaimed musicians. Edma Castaneda, welcome to the creative process. Thank you very much. So the first time uh, I heard you perform, also had the chance to hear you with your bands and with your family on stage. It was just an amazing experience. I heard it in Connecticut at the Five Senses Festival. You really have this such a unique sound. I didn't even know there was such a thing as a jazz harpist or jazz harp music. <laughs> I said, tell me a little bit like how you create the sound. What is your journey to this unique sound we called in Mar Castaneda? Uh, okay, this, uh, first of all, the harp or the instrument that I play is a traditional instrument from Colombia in Venezuela. I'm from Colombia, Bogota. And then we have a tradition music there called Llanera music. It's the music from the plains of Colombia and Venezuela. It's like a cowboy music. And the main instrument is the harp. So I met the harp when I was seven years old in Bogota, Colombia, in a school of, for dance, this folk music. And that's the first time I saw this instrument. I was like, wow, you know, I knew I was born to play the harp in that day. And I wanted to play, you know. So at 13 years old, I started taking lessons with a friend. The, he gave me a couple of months of, of basic stuff. And after that was my, you know, just practicing by myself. Uh, I think that's what created this new style. I never went to a school to study harp, you know. And then I, I came to USA because of my dad when I was 16. So that's when I made jazz for the first time. And I just got in love with this music and I started mixing, you know, jazz with this folk music that I learned when I was in Colombia and then try to create this new style of playing the harp, you know, the traditional harp in more like a improvisation world music uh, on the harp. I think that that's so important because, you know, for young people, you know, I'm working a lot with young people and they're always wondering how they find their voice in whatever medium. And I think a big important part of what I hear from you is that you're not afraid to break the rules to combine things. So there's a thing about you should know your craft, but also make sure you don't know too much so you won't be afraid. Yeah, I think it's just to find, to look for your passion, you know, uh, as, as a humans, we all have a gift. So I think we have to follow that passion and, and not get distracted in the road, you know, because sometimes, you know, you want to be, oh no, I'm going to play safe. I'm going to be, example for me, like I'm a musician, but I'm going to, do a doctor career because I want to be safe, you know. I think you have to find your passion and be happy. Uh, somehow you're going to make it. And then when you're really 100% sure, like you said, this is what I want to do, this is my happiness, that will become true, you know, your art, whatever you do in life, you know. So that's what I did, you know. When I saw the harp at seven, uh, we, I didn't have money to buy a harp. Uh, we, we were very poor, you know. We need just money to eat, you know. So it, for me, it was just dreaming from 7 to 13 that I wanted to play harp, and I knew I was going to play harp. So I brought it, you know. I never, I never thought second, you know. And then when my aunt gave me a harp, she said, oh, she saw that I, I wanted to play harp, and she said, oh, take my harp. And then I haven't stopped playing since 13 with a harp, you know. So it's just to follow that, that, that passion and that dream that you, we all, all have. Yeah, and I think I would love to hear more about Bogota and your your childhood and and some. I actually had an interview the other day with a astrophysicist, actually of all people. <laughs> but, but he was he was analyzing like you know where um, you know where you have pools of talent, right? Like sometimes in a city, you know Bogota has its energy and its talent. You know New York has been another hub for talent and thing. So he was analyzing, I don't know why he's thinking about it, but he loves music. So he was thinking, oh, you know where there was a lot of talent on the violin, say, on the 
last century. You know, it moved from yeah. places. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then he saw it was, uh, for a period that was in uh, Odessa. And why was that? There was good teacher. There was, a, you know, really talented teacher. There was a hunger, right? Yeah. It was like a way out for people. And so there was a real, like, that's all, as you said, the passion. That's all they think about. And it produced like all the virtuosity, like yeah, most of the virtuosity like... <laughs> in the world. So tell us, so I think that hunger is important too. Like when you're just thinking about that in your passion and it's not like you don't, you put all of it and you're not thinking about being distracted about other things that make you feel. Yeah, I think it just, for me, was like my situation in my life when I was little, it was very difficult. You know, I didn't have my dad with us. My mom had to work really hard to, to so we can eat. I worked a lot when I was little in different stuff. But when I found that window or that light, when I saw that instrument, I said, wow, that's, that's what I want. I knew. So I just start, the rest was just trying to survive until I get to that, you know? And, and I think the experience of, of my mom for accident, she said, okay, Saturdays, I have to take you to this school of music or this dance school of music. So I can work and you guys stay there until I get out from work. And, and you know, my sister and I went to dance this folk music. That's when, you know, she didn't knew that the heart was there, you know. So I think God always prepare everything, you know, what you came to do on earth, you know. If, if, you, if you're aware of his voice, everything, you follow him. And then he will tell you where to go, you know. And you don't get distracted, you know. Yes, uh, God has been a part of your life just from the very beginning. Yes, yes, I believe in Jesus Christ and it's, it's just my passion. And I think that's my, my really center of everything. When I met the music, the harp, it became a, my passion, you know, and it's my passion, you know. But uh, sometimes it's really difficult when an artist, or, or in my case I did, you get too passionate and too addictive or too much to this gift. Uh, I think uh, we became unhappy because we always want more and more and more and more, you know. So when I really listened to God, when it was like maybe 12, 13 years ago, no more, more like it, like 17 years ago, that uh, crisis that I had in my life. And then I really surrendered, you know, to him. And then, and then in that time, that's when the music and whatever I was doing really became true. You know, I surrendered to him and I put in order my life. It was not only music, you know. It was him, my family, and music. Before I had it, just music, music, music. And it's good to follow that passion in, in that, but it's, it's difficult to, to have balance when you have that obsession for, that, for an art or for whatever you do, you know, or in my case. So yeah. God, yes, put me on a happy life. Okay. Before I had the talent, and I, but I was not happy because, you know, I was obsessed with, trying to be you know and uh that that make me free when when i really like okay it's okay you know you first my family and that became bigger than before you know so it was a, a beautiful experience and it gave you that harmony and i have to say that your compositions i mean it's jazz so i know that like actually when i heard you perform you were performing with people you had not even that you performed with before and others just like thrown in like so i know yeah. that for jazz improvisation that's like this magic thing but um also your compositions uh, do you credit that to god you know how did the you know people always want to know like where do the ideas come from uh, yeah, there's inspirations of, of uh, different stuff of life, but it's like I have a tune called Jesus of Nazareth, and it's a prayer for the world, you know, pray, is, and it was an intimate thing that happened with him playing that, and then I just play for people, and I think people can feel his presence and get blessed, you know, and all this stuff that I play with my kids, or, or you know, it's always, how can I bring his love to people with this instrument, you know? How can I uh, lift the spirit of people? That's my, my real mission, you know? Not for me to become famous or whatever, you know? Just how can I help, you know? That's my mission. I, I think it's something that definitely comes across a lot, you know, and when in your live performance too, you can feel that energy, the goodness, you know? As opposed to like, 
something that the jazz world has sometimes traditionally, maybe not as much now, but has it's been like it comes from a kind of historically a kind of suffering, or you have the ideal of the jazz musician as one who's like in pain. And that's not, <laughs> it's, it's the opposite of an Edmund Castaneda performance. It's, it's like yeah, in jazz, yeah, in jazz it depends, you know, this, the, it comes from that, you know, from a lot of suffering from black people, you know. But also right now in this new time, oh, it's, it's more like uh, intellectual stuff, you know, people play jazz, like, you know, all this deep stuff. But I think it's, 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 it's more than that, you know. I think it, it, improvisation is a way for you to talk to people from your heart, you know. So what can you bring to the table for people, you know? Are you going to bring your life and like, I am, I am? Or are you going to say, okay, let me help you keep going? Or, you know. So for me, that's just, you know, freedom. Good freedom. <laughs> I think, and I love improvisation, I think that we all need to like open ourselves up to that. It's like a faith as well, because you feel mm. you're not in control. So it's Yeah, something. you just let him guide you, you know? It's like, that's the most amazing stuff, you know, to, to improvise. It is so great, because you don't even really have to think like it's, it's happening. Um, I want to, because a lot of people, like, I didn't know, I knew uh, some classical harp. I'm actually part Irish, so I lived in Ireland for many years. Uh, and, like, that's our symbol, uh, the Celtic. Yeah, yeah, everywhere. <laughs> yes. And so, um, you know, but what is the distinction? Because I had thought more of the classical harp. I don't know the tradition so much of the Colombian harp. And so th I find it very exciting to listen to it. It's like a, how do you say, a renaissance of harp. <laughs> I mean, in, in the whole world, there's many kinds of harps, you know, like Colombia and Venezuela, we share this one. Uh, if you go to Mexico, there's a different one, to Peru, to Paraguay. Paraguay and Chile and Argentina, they use the same one, Paraguayan harp. It all depends on the size, the, the amount of strings, the tension of the strings. Like, for example, I cannot play in a Paraguayan harp because it's, it's totally different uh, spaces. It's, it's a total instrument. Koda from Africa, uh, you know, Celtic harp from Ireland. So there's many kinds of harp, you know. And classical harp is the, the one uh, orchestra harp, you know. The, but uh, it's really, uh, in South America, the harp is more like, um, we play more like, like, more percussive, more, more Latino. I think that's what it is, you know. So you, you feel that, you know, like traditional music from Colombia, Venezuela, Janera. It's very like a flamenco music, similar, very percussive, very aggressive, very from the heart, you know, passion, you know. That's my background. Jesus the Nazareth is a very important and special tune for me, you know, because it's, it's uh, really where I came to the world to play this instrument, is to, to bring his presence to people, like I said before. So that tune is a prey. Is praying for people that are there, praying that people that have any sickness, that have any sadness, whatever, it goes away, you know? And I have get so much emails from people on the audience saying, you know, wow, it just changed my life, you know? So it's, it's, it's my main mission to play or to worship him for people, you know? And I just play a theme in the beginning and then actually what it goes through my mind in that, in, and that piece is just beginning, it just so, I always feel when angels come in the intro. And then when it goes to the, the groove, groove, it's just more like uh, I'm in his presence. And the melody is his presence. And then uh, the solo and middle part where I solo, it's just uh, praying, you know, praying to, to break any bad stuff around in that place, you know. And then I come back to him and say thank you, and then I leave. <laughs> That's the tune pretty much.
It's amazing what every time happens, you know. I cannot explain what inside I just live. But it's really fun. But, no, that's so interesting because that's I wanted to ask you about that, what you're visualizing. So if, thank you for, for sharing that because it's hard for us to know. For one thing, we're watching your hands move like usually very so quickly. I don't know how you can memorize all that. And then, but at the same time, there's these emotions that are playing. And so I did wonder the stories. So it's interesting to hear those stories. Every time is different, you know. I just give you a little, a little map. But the improvisation is always, you know, depends on what's going on in life, you know. That's what uh, happens in that moment. And then I guess if you were to introduce another, I mean, you've done, you've had some amazing collaborations as well, beyond your regular collaborators. So you mm. pick ones maybe that you really enjoy. And uh, so. Let's see. I, I mean, there's many, uh, many uh, options, but maybe to, to, to people to understand what I do in the harp and it was one of my, my second album, I think, uh, Colibri, Hummingbird. That's a tune that I mix flamenco with this traditional joropo from Colombia. And Joe Lack is playing vibraphone. And uh, it's a really fun tune to play, you know, to, to really improvise. I love flamenco music, so to use that with joropo and whatever comes, you know. That would be one. And also a new something, something new on my, in, in my plane or, or that I have studied a couple of uh, years. Is this tune for Jacob? That is uh, for inspire of Jacob Pastoris. You know, uh, uh, I think that's what I try to do in the harp always. You know, when I get to New York, I met jazz and I start, you know, following or to listen to Miles, to do Kellington, to all these great jazz players. You know, that was my first time. I was like, wow, what is this? You know, and those those musicians inspire me so much to try to see how I can incorporate a little bit of that inspiration of my instrument and Jacob Pastoris was like wow this guy is so killing you know how he can groove and create so much stuff on four string bass electric bass you know so I brought this tune for him for Jaco inspiring his playing and trying to be funky on the harp you know <laughs> that's so interesting and something when you talk about music or even when you talk about um, you talk about when I met the harp like like it's a person like it's definitely when i met the harp or even if you're meeting did you meet miles davis or is through his music that you it's his music exactly yeah yeah i wish <laughs> I, I know someone who is good friends with him and like anyway he did that when you talk about you said when i met the harp like it's a person and when i met when i met new york like it was like i don't know <laughs> and and so it's interesting um i'm just thinking about it's like it's a physical it's a real physical sense with you a personal intimate like a love story Yes, yes. It's just like when I met my wife, you know, uh, that day that I met her, I went to her and said, hey, my name is Edmar Castaneda. You're going to get married with me. And she said, what? You're crazy. Blah, blah, blah. And then we got married 20 days later, you know, and I knew that that was her, you know. I knew when I saw it, I said, wow, this is this is the woman. And then we have two kids and we we, we share music, as you saw in the festival. So for me, life is like, scenes or like places that you were supposed to meet you know say okay i meet this one okay next you know i never wondering like oh where should i go no i i know when i go to a place like okay this is this is what it is you know and you really travel i mean you also travel with your family and and perform with them but you're traveling a lot you're meeting other artists you're and and so i'm wondering how the 
cities where you've spent the most time or even traveling for these festivals, how, what are the sounds of those cities or places? Like how, how does it come into your creative process? A lot. Yeah, I think that's influenced so much, you know. I think anywhere I go in the world, you know, you get, you, I come back home with inspiration to write music, you know. Like Japan, you know, I, I traveled a year ago, two years ago, a lot in Japan. And it's amazing just to, to walk on the streets and to, to feel so much organization, you know. So, <laughs> so it's like, wow, this is really amazing, you know. And the respect of people, you know, how they respect Russia is like, wow, this is amazing, you know. Or Jerusalem, you know, to walk up, you know, in the streets or Brazil, you know, you're full of rhythm, you know. So that inspires me always to, to write something, you know. And I think part of, like, for example, for Jaco, a little part of the intro is from Brazil. I was playing with uh, Ivan Lins and Cesar Camargo and some people, and then they, they showed me a rhythm called uh, Maracatu. And that rhythm was like, wow, this is amazing. And then I started playing with that rhythm, and then, and then I started looking for, for Jaco thing, and then I just connect those two influence, you know? So... Definitely, yeah, any, any place I go, is, it just brings me inspiration to write. And so I guess now New York has been your home for longer than Colombia? Yes, yes, since uh, 94. So the what, I mean, I know it's in your music, so like we have to just listen to the music, but um, as you think about the soundscape of your home in New York like what do you feel what are the strong things like when you come back to it that you uh... I, I mean New York for me is home I, my roots are Colombian but uh, my home is New York and I think that's a it's a city that you know I went to every, different cities in the world but when I come back to New York it's like wow this is power you know it's like uh you have to survive, you know. You have to know how to survive in the city. And to become something is really difficult, you know. It's opportunities, but to really make it, it's, you have to be, you really need to be confident on yourself, you know. Uh, for example, for me, uh, uh, a traditional instrument that never, never was used in, in jazz or in any situation like that, it was, for me, it was a challenger when I was young. I don't know if I would do it right now. But when I was younger, I took to, to walk on a jam session in New York and say, hey, can I sit in, you know? And they say, what, harp? Yeah, yeah, just let me try, you know? And then and play, you know, and not be scared to try with these amazing musicians, you know? I think that this city make you grow, you know? If you jump, if you jump and not be scared, it's an amazing city. I think it, it gives me so much strength and in my music is in it's i think half of that is very a lot of new york you know that's the strong strength thing here in the city hi my name is natalie flynn i'm an associate podcast producer for the creative process and a journalism major at american university i'm also a saxophone player and a member of the au jazz orchestra over the last year, I've learned a lot about improvisation. It really is a process, as Castaneda says. Funk and Castaneda talk a lot about how spontaneous and freeing improv can be, and they're right. The joy and energy that Castaneda exudes while performing is inspiring, especially because now more than ever, I know how much legwork, thought, and practice goes into laying the foundation for that seemingly spontaneous creativity to happen. Certain notes, scales, and arpeggios can be played over certain chords, and good improvisers like Castaneda catch these chord changes by using and emphasizing the notes that make them different. This makes solos sound better and more interesting. I'm still learning how to do it more effectively. When I start learning a new song, I practice by breaking it down line by line and coming up with formulaic exercises to vamp over it. These exercises give me ideas to draw on when I actually solo. They help me learn which notes will sound the best where. I'm often in this methodical zone now, and sometimes it's easy to forget what Castaneda says. Quote, improvisation is a way to talk to people from your heart. 
So what are you going to bring to the table? Once I have the basics down, I get to add in that creativity and expression and have fun with it. Castaneda's words and his music remind me of that. It's motivation to work through the more tedious parts of the process. Castaneda's comments about confidence also resonated with me. For me, improv has always been about confidence. As someone who doesn't always love the spotlight, the act of filling up the room with your own solo can be scary, especially knowing that things can easily go wrong. Two of the comments most often directed at me by jazz teachers over the years have been play louder and don't get hung up. Like I said, improv requires a lot of legwork and technique, but it also requires the ability to own your mistakes and move past them. When things start going wrong in a performance, the only option is to take a breath, find a better note, and forge ahead. It's easier said than done. But if you believe in yourself, like Castaneda says, that will come across to your listeners. The audience will believe in you too. And now back to the interview. Yeah, and you have a good uh, uh, jazz community there, of course, where I am now in Paris. We have a good jazz community here too. I think you designed your harp here with a, a company in France. Yeah, yeah. I always like, like uh, the way I play, I always try to change the instrument and to, to make it better, you know. So I changed this instrument for many years in Colombia. I went to Luthier and said, hey, man, just cut here do this and then our next year oh, now let's do this and I changed the instrument a lot from the traditional one and then I one day I met a uh, Jacques is a, a French amazing person that has this company for harp French company Kamak and then uh, I present this harp that I was changing and say I want to put levers levers are this little show you. so you understand what I what I mean these little levers, it's a little, you can move these little levers and you can make it like a, a, before I had only the white keys of the piano. Now with this is like black keys of the piano. Yes, I see. Yeah, so you, you change. You can move and, and the strings stay, you know. So it's um, an instrument that, you know, this guy, they say, okay, let's do it. Let's, let's put these levers on the harp that you have designed. And then we collaborate for a couple of years to create this instrument. And it's amazing. It's a, it's a great, great, uh, I'm very happy with the result. Do you ever give classes in music or, I mean, I'm just wondering how you like to pass on what you know. I know you're doing it for your children because they're great. Yeah. I have to say, because to see them on stage, they own the stage and they're so young. It's like, it's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they, they, they born with, with this environment of music here, home and, and art. And, you know, when my daughter born, I think she was one month, we went and toured in Europe for one month, you know. So she's used to stay on stage and we play and, you know. So, yes, I teach them. And then I, I'm teaching now some people with this thing going on in the world, you know. I say, okay, let me, let me, I have now the time, let me teach some people. And then uh, it's amazing. Uh, when I teach, I learn more about me. You know, I, I learn how, oh, this is, because I don't know how to explain it. I never thought I'm going to create this. It just became, became, became little by little, you know. So uh, a lot of people ask me, okay, how do you do this in the, on the bass? Okay, let, let's see, let's see. And then I start playing slow. Say, okay, you do this. Oh, you move the hand. Yeah, okay. So the hand, yeah, yeah you move that. You know, so I start to discover this, this thing. You know, it's like, wow. So you have to do this movement to create this sound and to, uh, it's very fun, you know. I'm having a lot of fun right now teaching some people, you know. No, that's great that you can pass it on because I, I think that teaching also can be an art, you know, when you really. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I was actually I was thinking recently like it would be amazing to have a school for kids, you know. I would love to teach little kids like my my daughter to give this to them because they're going to replicate and create better, you know. To have a hard school in New York, you know, for that would be amazing that <laughs> well i'm in touch with a lot of schools so i will see i mean i think that that's one thing um i can certainly mention it to people i think that that's one thing in 
America and different parts of the world, the education in the arts is something that, oh, they, everything is pushed towards STEM, you know? Mm. And so, you know, when I was growing up, everyone had this opportunity, you know, even if you are poor, you didn't have access to much, but you had an opportunity to, to study an instrument, to have art education. Wow, that's, yeah. Yeah, that's amazing. And, yeah, but you had two as well. You, I understand in Colombia you you had at least the access for my for my hearing, music, and dancing is really important there. And no matter what, yeah, yeah, no matter, yeah you're born with that. <laughs> but you know, it's sad when people don't have the access um, to it. So I think that um, I think the arts really brings people together, even if you don't become a professional musician or artist. Yeah, 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 of course. Yeah, it, and you, we need the first sense of community. I mean, in terms of what it has taught you, like collaborating, like with your regular collaborators or even like with your wife, she has an amazing voice. And Andrea Tierra is her name, yes? Yes, Andrea So, yes. Uh, you know, so what that has taught you about life, you know, being this community, this family that you depend on? Yeah, I think uh, for, for me and for us, we have experienced that family is so important. And I think a lot of people now have been forced because of this situation in the world to stay with family, you know, and some people didn't even know that, you know, all what you had, you know. So family is it's just it's, it's the way for you to, I don't know, say in English, mold that, uh, to, to mold yourself and to mold whatever you do to make it work to really to really be happy you know if if, if you don't know how to live with your family together for many hours or days so you, how are you going to survive outside you know because that's the ones you love so if, if you make it with your family and like you're happy and everybody's happy it's piece of cake outside you know so family is very important and we learn so much how to share, how to play together, how to humble yourself. You know, we do homeschool my kids uh, since they're born. So that has been a, an amazing experience for me because sometimes you wake up with all this energy and oh, I'm going to compost it. But I have to teach my kids first. So you go there first and you have to, you know, to humble and to bring it really down. And you teach them and that gave me more energy when I when I finished to come back and, and do my, my work, you know. But I know all the people that, you know, they do that and they just got crazy and they just frustrate themselves because they just want to do their stuff, not uh, the, the homeschool, you know. But it's just how to approach every moment in life with, hum with be humble and to give. I think that's what I do when I go to a city, I just, okay, I'm here, you know. How can I do this thing and, and learn and give? So uh, family, is, 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 that's, that's what it is, you know. Humble yourself and learn from them and give. And who have been some of your, I don't want to say favorite, but, you know, you collaborate with people over the years. And, it, you know, it's, it's like music, as they say, is a language that expresses things that language cannot yeah <laughs> so there's some people who just get you and you get each other so could maybe speak about some of your collaborators that you have enjoyed working with over the years i mean there's so many uh, different options you know different colors and tastes you know that i love to to try to um collaborate with any any musician you know i love to like every year they bring dorado it's a django a gypsy guitarist from paris they come with his family and I love to play with them. It's just like, because it's a family. He always, everybody in the group is a family. It's, you know, cousin, my son, and they play this Django right hard music, like, wow. So, and to incorporate your harp there, it's always like, wow, challenging, you know. I think that's one of my favorite ones. And uh, I mean, it, everyone is so, so good, you know. Uh, when I play with Winton, he's... Winton Marsalis. Yeah, with Winton, it was just so much, like, knowledge, you know? You know, you, 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 you listen to him, and he's calm, very calm and very humble. And it's amazing, you know, to, to see one of his level, you know, to be so much 
ground, you know. You know, it, it was really good. Paquito, is, uh, Paquito Rivera is a Cuban saxophonist. And he has been like my mentor for, you know, for a lot of stuff and inspiration. He's a good friend. And wow, it's, it's so many. I can go to each country. <laughs> In Brazil, I just play with a, an amazing uh, guitarist, Jamandu Acosta, and Hamilton de Holanda. Those two guys, wow. It's just uh, rhythm, rhythm, rhythm. So it's, it's, it's so good. Oh, Hiromi, the, pian the pianist from Japan, we, we toured for a year and it was really fun just to to share this virtuosity that she has, you know, and uh, it was really fun. Uh, you know, it's really some amazing uh, artists you have collaborated with, and it's wonderful that thing where someone is so uh, virtuosic or they're just so calm or whatever, and that then you can, it inspires you to go to another level, isn't it? You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it's a, someone asked me recently what do you look when you play with someone and for me the first thing i really uh, tried is just that they are very humble uh, when someone it's very you know ego and all this it's so difficult to play you know you you're never gonna make music real music with person like that you know you he can be amazing you know but there's always a wall between you know when you go on stage and you just Let's create, let's talk. You have to be really humble, you know? And that magic came. So I always want being thankful that, you know, people that I have played are really, you know, giving, you know? And something that, I mean, it can be, you know, for us in the audience and we see you and you're having a wonderful time with your musical family, with your real family. And uh, it can seem like, not easy, but you know, it's just like you're having such a good time that we don't understand the years that go into getting to that level. You know, we can think about it, but we don't know. And so I was wondering, like, I think with a lot of young people, there are, pe there are young people who are, you know, studying music, or whatever, they understand the discipline, but I think we're living in a culture which is very much instant gratification. Like, you know, they think that oh, I want to be, I can be famous tomorrow, <laughs> like, all right, without the putting the time in. So what do you say to them to understand that, you know, that it takes time to get to this level? Yeah, I mean, it, it's, it's, a, it's a journey, you know, I'm still, I've been playing hard for, for, I don't know, 30 years or something. And I haven't, uh, you know, I still learn every day. I have to practice every day. I have to keep dreaming you know this is not uh something that comes in in one like i my kids watch sometimes the the america america that, that program that you know the uh america the has talent. yeah all that i say you don't have to do that you know you don't have to go there and, and someone can measure what you if you are good or not i think that's really bad you know i think you just have to do because it's your passion and do it I think that's going to block you. The people that say, the people that they, they put away, those little kids, I was like, what do they feel at home? It, it, you know, it, it's really so bad, you know? And, and so I say, you know, you have to work it out. You have to be free. How do you be free? You practice, you learn, and just let it be. Don't, don't let someone tell you, oh, you're not good. Or no, just keep walking walk walk you know and you're gonna get there you know but you have to put the time and the discipline and the love and the freedom for, for to become really a real artist it's a lifelong thing and i think that um when people you never finish we never finish <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy because i'm sure you get to ask that i think i get asked all the time like how long it took how long did it take me to do a painting and you know i have no idea <laughs> Because I wasn't, <laughs> I, I wasn't, you know, I'm not like, oh, I'm gonna, this is going to be the uh, three hour painting, you know, and then I, I know, just stop. I don't care what I stop in three hours. You just do yeah, it till it's done. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. It's, 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 a, it's a process and it's a, it's a beautiful process, you know. It doesn't have to be painful, you know. 
that's my thing you know how do you, the art oh this gift has to be beautiful because it's beautiful anything arts you know your music paint has to be your heart and your happiness you know because that's what's going to leave you to be other people and so I would like to ask you, uh, I get a little bit serious. You mentioned, I mean, you, you know, you're doing the homeschooling. We have the, you know, pandemic. There's a lot of, we're all thinking about the future now. And, and what, what kind of world we're leaving the next generation. There's a lot of things that we can, can improve. Now, I know you're a musician, but also you're probably thinking about the world and there are some things that you would like to improve in terms of our systems, whether it is education or whether it's something to do with the environment. What are some things you feel that we could do in order to leave the world a better place? Things that inspire you and think we could do more of? Um, for me, and, and I think um, I'm not against the school. You know, I went to school and everything. But I think what I have experienced with my kids of, of that freedom that they have and they learn all the stuff that they have to learn. Uh, I think kids should be learned home or should be, or should be learned because I, I think with respect, you know, I think that sometimes schools are a system that they train everyone the same because these companies or these rich people need people to work for them later, you know, so you have to make robots. So, you know, half of, of, of whatever I learned in, in high school or middle school, I don't remember anything, you know. I just knew I wanted to play harp, you know. And I think a lot of people go through the same thing, you know. What about if you learn the basics of, for life and they find you, your passion and you focus on early age and that passion? You became, you know, a, a real person, you know, you don't, you don't become, you don't get confused when you graduate from high school. A lot of people don't know what to do with life. Or they go to college, let me take this in college because whatever. But you know, it's, it's and, and because I, I understand a teacher doesn't have all the time to take care of 30, 40 people in a room, you know. They just, this is for everyone who take it, it's good. So I think to, the homeschool is amazing, you know. I know it's a different because everybody's so rushed and everybody's, you know, go there and, you know, I think they, that, that would make a big difference to, or at least for schools to have a different system, you know, to, to have, I think, less hours, you know, it's, it's just crazy, you know, I don't, I don't think studying eight, nine hours and then go home and do another five hours of homework and the next day. And I think that's really, that's not right. I feel with respect, you know, I think should have enough, little, but really uh, strong, you know. They learn, my kids learn so quick, you know, three hours for that hours, that's it. Rest, play, be free, create music, write music, repaint. My, my, my daughter loves to paint, go paint, go do whatever, let's, you know. And the next day they came and do stronger the other three hours, you know. I think that that's so true, and I think, uh, and actually, when I asked that, people, no one mentioned homeschooling to me, and I think that if it can't be homeschooling, then a sense of joy. There's some, you know, there's schools like there's Steiner schools where the students study for a while, and then like they have 15 minutes every hour, they get to go out, you know, and play. Then it's a sense of joy. Yeah, know? it's freedom. You know, without freedom, it's you know, it's it's, it's difficult to to become, you know to become yeah well i think that that i think it's very inspiring i would love i would love it more schools i don't think it's possible for each person to know everything so if you really know what you know well yeah 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 i know, <laughs> I know everything even though i love no, yeah there's no way you know there's no way you can you know i think I don't know how can someone create a system that, you know, since little age, they will find you passion or on a little bit, you know, you, it's difficult to know because you, you change, you change, but you, you know, I know my kids what they want to be, you know, 
maybe they change or not, but I know they have freedom and they, they have this thing that we built. And if you want to keep going, you can do it or you can go whatever you want, but you're free. You don't have that. And they know because a lot of people don't remember what they study in, in, in high school. Yeah. Students have definitely shared that with me and that, uh, you know, they took a class, but they have no idea or they were taught something that was actually wrong, like a propaganda. <laughs> and so, mm. um, but I think, you know, I would, I, you've mentioned something very important is that if we could design schools, so at the moment they're not designed for young people to find their passion. They're, we like, we tell them these are the things you need to learn and then you'll get a job later. But it, that's, it, that's, that's the system until you're 18, you know, learn this every day, like, like military, you know, and then, um, you know, I don't, I don't know. And so a lot of people don't, don't get it. You know, there are some people that are made for this, for, for math, you know, so they just, they're good, but the other people don't like math, you know? So you learn the basics to as everyone in earth, but find his passion, you know, and don't waste time. <laughs> well, I think that that's so, um, it, it shouldn't be like a revolutionary, but it is something that sadly not in our education system. So I, I, I will try what, what I can to speak to schools <laughs> that are involved. I think that, um, you know, we do want to have happy, engaged citizens, you know, and that that's, that's an essential part of life, not just making money. They're a great example to, um, you know, what the arts can do in terms of bringing people together. And so I want to thank you, Edmar Castaneda, and your, your lovely family for all you've done to contribute to our sense of community, uh, for reminding of us of what is important in life through your faith and your daily practice of music. Uh, I thank you for, uh, I want to um, thank you for adding your voice to the creative process. I hope that you'll be um, able to be out in the world more soon. <laughs> yeah, soon, yeah. I mean, I guess we have to enjoy it the moment how it comes, you know. This is, you know, this is what we're meeting right now. So we have to let it be. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. The Creative Process Podcast is supported by the Jan Michalski Foundation. This interview is conducted by Mia Funk with the participation of collaborating universities and students. Associate Interviews producer on this podcast was Natalie Flynn. Digital Media Coordinator was Hannah Story Brown. Jesus de Nazareth and Family were composed and performed by Edmar Castaneda. We hope you've enjoyed listening to this podcast. If you would like to get involved with our creative community, exhibitions, podcasts, or submit your creative works for review, just drop us a line at team at creativeprocess.info. Thanks for listening.